Thank you for joining me on episode 46 of the Unique on a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Jenneman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. Today, wife, mom, and former psychic Susan McKeldry joins us. As a young wife and mother, Susan found herself digging deeper and deeper into the occult realm. Find out how she was set free and how she is using her past to help others stay on track with Jesus. Welcome back to the Unique on a Purpose podcast, and I'm really excited to introduce you today, wife, mom, and cosmetologist, uh, Susan. Oh my gosh, Susan, I'm just going to butcher your last name. You have to tell me again. You've told me a few times already. Go ahead and tell me again. Susan. Mick Mick Keldry. Mick Keldry. It sounds, is it Scottish? (laughs) Uh, Scottish or Irish, one of those. One of the two, okay. Well, you just authored a book called Heaven's Joy, Seeking and Saving of a Runaway Psychic, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But what I'm fascinated about, I want to hear real quick, is you became a cosmetologist at the age of 47. Tell me about that really quick, because (laughs) you don't hear about that very often. I know. Um, Growing up uh, as a young girl and, and into my teenage years, I just loved doing hair. I was I was cutting hair. I was giving perms all the time because that was back in the eighties, and you know oh, everybody. I remember perm- that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, perm central. So I was doing a lot of perms, and and I really thought that is what I was going to do after high school. And I don't know. After high school, I kind of just lost you know direction. I didn't even know what what I was going to do. And then my father, you know, said, well you know, this is what I'd like you to do is go to college, earn, learn some secretarial skills, and then, you know, that will carry you far into any kind of office job. So that is what I ended up going into. And it was always kind of lingered back there in my mind. And, and even after when I got married and my son was about a year old, um, I decided to try cosmetology school. But at the time, I was working full-time. I had my son that was so young and I was trying to go to school at night and Mm. I did it for about six to eight weeks and I just I couldn't continue it was just too much with all the studying Mm -hmm. so that kind of just went to the side you know all the way up until you know I was 47 and I was like you know what this is something I never did and you know this is what I'm what if this is something that I'm really called to do yeah and so so that's kind of what spurred it on at, at 47. Well, good for you. Most people wouldn't do that. So good for you. But now you can add author onto your list of credentials. And we'll again, we'll talk about that in a moment. But we're here to talk about your story of being in the occult. And I don't even know how to begin on something like this. So I'm just going to ask you to tell me from the beginning well, well, actually, let me ask you this first. What is an occult? Um, the, well, the occult is, you know, the spiritual realm and worshiping, you know, some kind of spirit, supernatural um, entity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so many people that end up worshiping in the occult, but not realizing, you know, what they are doing. And is there a difference between cult and occult? Because I hear those two terms quite a bit, and I don't know if they're one and the same or if they're different. Yeah, well, a cult is usually some 
some kind of group or organization that is led by some kind of cult leader. And we've heard of we've heard of the religious leaders that, you know, have these cults of people. They keep them isolated. Mm. They like to keep them isolated away from the outside world. Mm -hmm. So they're only getting influenced by that cult leader. So it's more of a worshiping of an actual figure or person. Oh, okay. And then the occult is more of dealing with stuff in the spiritual realm. Okay, I got it. So so we're talking about the occult today, O-C-C-U-L-T. Now, tell me just from the beginning, you were once part of an occult, and then God rescued you, and now you're serving him. And so you're taking really your your past, and you're bringing about purpose from it. So how did you get involved in the occult? Well, growing up, so my grandfather, he passed when I was just a year old, so I never knew him, you know, I only knew of him and stories that I heard from family. And frequently, you know, every now and then a story that they would tell is that they all suspected that he had this, they called it the power of knowing. Hmm. And even though he was a professed Christian, he was very involved in his church, Uh, they felt he had this power, and I know he did tarot cards, and it even got to the point where they they think that he even predicted his death. And there were stories of when my grandmother passed away and things supposedly they saw or happened, you know, with her soul after she passed away. So there was a lot of stories that I repeatedly heard over time, and they were just very intriguing and very interesting. I loved to hear them. And so that kind of like planted the little seed that was always there throughout my life. And um, as I became an adult, I had some dreams that I really couldn't explain. And they felt like they had a supernatural, some kind of spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of led me on a search. And then I ended up having also dreams that I thought were with loved ones who had passed away. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting this feeling like, oh my gosh, do I have this power? Was it passed down to me from my grandfather? So. And you're an adult at this time? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. were you married at the time? Yes. You were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is, yeah. It kind of laid dormant for a very long time. Um, until it started to surface the dreams kind of was the trigger of what Mm kind of started the whole thing again Mm -hmm. so i went on a search and of course you know i went to a church because my whole life i professed to be a christian i always had a a belief in the existence of jesus although i never opened the bible really i read it a little bit but never really did a complete reading never did a thorough complete study of the bible so i didn't have a lot of Uh, God's word and wisdom, you know, in my heart. So I did go to my pastor at church because this did also catapult me into church. So we were going to church. I met with the pastor. I told him about my dreams, and he did not give me the answers that I was searching for because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm special. You know, I have this. Right. Is God God communicating with me? Do I have this special power? Mm Mm-hmm. And he did not give me what I was looking for. So that led to a very big disappointment um, with the pastor. Because, like I said, I still didn't truly understand everything about God's Word. 
So now, as can I'm I going just, to... Can I just stop you right there? What was it that he gave you that disappointed you? He said that, I think the biggest thing that he said was that he didn't believe that God communicated with us through those kinds of means in today's times. Wait. Which is not biblical, <laughs> but you didn't know that. You didn't know that. Like you said, you didn't know that. Like God does, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, go ahead and continue. So um, we're going to church, but then because I didn't receive the answers I wanted, I also searched. Then I started searching through the psychic world mm. and, and purchased books by uh, well-known psychics that, you know, wrote about the world on the other side and, and all that stuff. So I got kind of involved in that. So I had, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I, you know, not really realizing I was doing anything wrong, but, you know, I was having one foot in both worlds, but you really can't, you right. know, you're either one or the other. Right. So um, then I started as we were going to church for, you know, a couple of years and I started seeing uh, the sins of the people in the church and because I didn't study the Bible, uh, you know, I was kind of, I was pretty judgmental and, mm. you know, that's not how Christians are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, shying away from the church because I didn't feel like they took their faith seriously enough. Mm-hmm. And so also during that time, my husband and I ran a, a business in the construction industry and in 2007, you know, was the beginning of the housing crash. Mm. And so we lost our company, we lost our home, we lost everything, our vehicles. And we were living a pretty lucrative lifestyle at that time. And there were also problems in our marriage lingering in there from years before. Mm -hmm. So I had all that going on. And we also had this uh, little vacation, thousand square foot, mobile home vacation home that we had up in Tennessee so and then it was completely paid for so we decided to go live up there no you were living in Florida at the time yeah okay and yeah. then moved to Tennessee okay yeah so we moved to Tennessee and we lived up there for a year and a half kind of like running away but you can't run away from your heart so mm. <laughs> it followed us everywhere we went and after that kind of recovery we wanted to move back to Florida and once we moved back to Florida, and I was in my head thinking, this is like a do-over, because I ended up in the same neighborhood where we built our first home, and I was doing the same direct selling business, and I was also working part-time for my husband's business, because when we moved back to Florida, he started another business in the construction industry. So I was do- it was like the same point of our life that had occurred 20 years earlier. So I felt like I was at this crossroads, like it, I had this big decision to make, which, what am I gonna do with my life now? Because I was only working part-time for my husband and I had a lot of extra time on my hands. And so I mulled over it for, for days, you know, what am I gonna do with my life? Do I wanna go back to school? You know, what do I wanna do? So then pops into my head the psychic gift that I thought maybe I had and I was like, well, maybe this, this, maybe I do really have a gift and it just needs to be developed. Right. So, so uh, that's kind of set me on my journey. And I found someone who supposedly gives instructions on how to develop your psychic ability. So 
that's the that's what set me on that journey and during that time i I found this website. It, it gives you supposedly a, a blueprint of your life, and you input your birth date, your time, and it like gives you uh, this blueprint of your life. And the only thing I remember from that blueprint is it said that I was a healer. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that meant, if that was just metaphorically. Mm-hmm. So I found this website of this psychic, and I messaged her, and... I spoke of Jesus because, you know, not having any biblical knowledge, I'm still thinking this whole spiritual world is something good. Right. Um, so I messaged her, and she messaged me back pretty quick, and she, and she just said, well, the reason why I don't mention Jesus is because all of my followers don't believe the same things. And, you know, she just said a few things, and in closing she says, continue on your path as a healer. And I was just like, what? You know, oh, my gosh, I must be on the right path. Now that's twice I've heard Mm -hmm. that I'm a healer. So she didn't know that you had filled this thing out, and that's what they said? Nope. She didn't know anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then I met with uh, a family member that is through marriage, and she was claiming that she had the psychic ability. So I contacted her, and she lived a couple hours away, and I went down to go meet her. And this is kind of the time where I had to tell my husband what I was doing. Cause oh, so that he, point, didn't, he didn't know this whole time? <laughs> no, he didn't oh, know. Oh, okay. And he wasn't too happy about it, but he was okay. But when I told him I was going to go visit you know, this family member, he was not happy at all. He didn't want me to do it, but I didn't care. You know, at that point, I was like, you know, I've sacrificed my life to you know, my husband and his wishes, and I'm going to finally do something for myself. Mm-hmm. So I just went down there, and she was this moderator for this other psychic's call-in show where you would call into her, and she would give readings. So she wanted me to call into her, and I was completely, so this, that shot, I was not prepared for that at all. I had no idea this was going to happen. So I called in, and I was I asked her a question, you know, that I think I have this ability, and could you tell me more about it? And so she went on, you know, telling me things. I don't really remember everything she said. The one thing I remember she said is, you're a healer. And she says, and this is going to be huge. She mm-hmm. says, I can't tell you how big it is just going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Three times I was told that I was a healer. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm on the right path. This is it. Now, this so that whole is, time, are you thinking, Lord, this is from you? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. thinking, I'm, you know, this is all in, in the realm of where God is and spirit guides, and it's just all this love, and it's just this, it, a good world. When the books that I had bought that this woman was teaching you how to develop your psychic ability... She gave instructions to do this little procedure, and she said, you know, hold your hands together, facing each other like you're holding a ball. And she says, and if you have the supernatural power, if you have the ability, you're going to feel the energy like you're holding a ball in your hand, like there's an actual physical ball there. Mm -hmm. So I did everything she said, and I felt the power, and I felt the energy. Mm -hmm. And that, that is when I bit the bait and I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no question about it at that time. So, um, you know, 
know, I just went on my quest, started searching on on the internet, uh, looking for groups, and uh, this woman that you know had told me that I was a healer, I contacted her because she did one-on-one sessions to help you develop your ability. So getting connected with her was almost like I would say like a mini cult. Um, because you become so dependent upon this person who's telling you mm. things. Some things are true, some things you don't really know, mm-hmm. but you blow it all off because some of the things that she says are true. Yeah. So you, you just you get drawn in mm-hmm. and you become very dependent upon this person. Wow. And it just it just developed from there where I went deeper and deeper, where I started giving readings and I was giving true information. And then I was, you know, I'm all this, this time being directed by this other woman, and she starts steering me into saying, well, you know, you're a healer. You're going to go more into healing. So I went into, like, energetic healings where the person didn't even have to be here with me because in our minds, you know, it's all this flow of energy coming from me and going to them. And um, people would tell me, you know, oh, my gosh, while you were doing it, you know, I felt something happening in my knee, and I had this knee injury 10 years ago. And, you know, so it was like, you know, in our heads, it was like, wow, this is really, this is the real stuff. It's really working. Right. But the more I got into it, and this went on for a couple of years, the deeper, you know, I was going into it, messages started coming through for the people I was giving energy healings to. And then the the messages that I was receiving as it started getting really bad towards the end, I was hearing this voice in my head that, what that was always there like i didn't have to go through this special little ritual of surrounding myself in the white light and protecting myself with the angels the voice was just always there and the longer this went on the the more the voice was just always there in my mind and it becomes very controlling because the, it just it feels so real and the voice, you know, and even everybody in this realm, they're always very uplifting. They're they're building up your ego, and they're telling you how loving you are and how wonderful you are. So that's how this voice was. And, you know, there's no judgment. You you judge yourselves, and your, your spirit is evolving. And so this voice was always very uplifting. And the voice at one point told me that my husband had been cheating on me. And... I was in the grocery store with my husband, and the voice said, your husband, there's the woman that he's cheating with, and when um, he, they have to act like they don't know each other because you're here. He says, but just watch and you'll see, and they'll look, they'll look at each other. And I'll be darned if they didn't <laughs> look at each other several times. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, my husband's cheating on me. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days later, the voice is, you know, becoming, you know, uh, pretty adamant about, you know, I need to kick my husband out because he's cheating on me. So my husband came home early one day from work, and he had roses in one hand and lunch in the other hand, Uh, completely unexpected for him to come home that early. And I just flew out of my room accusing him of cheating on me, Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, of course I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, and I kicked him out. Oh, no. Yeah, and but to me that was like freedom because now I can be everything I want to be. Uh-huh. I don't have my husband holding me back. So that evening, 
oh my gosh, my behavior started becoming very erratic. OCD was already starting to show up, this, uh, you know, uh, compulsive disorder. Mm -hmm. I had never had it before, but it started showing up during all of this. And because everything is about energy in the spiritual realm, negative energy, positive energy. Negative energy is bad, positive energy is good. So I became very erratic about, you know, everything has to be in its right place. If it's not, then, there, then there's bad energy, you know. And so I became very erratic that night about that. And in, in the meantime, the voice is in my head, you know, telling me what to do. And so that evening the voice said, you know, t you just have been so great and you're just so wonderful and you've done all these wonderful things and you've grown so much and tonight you're going to receive your golden halo. And that was something that was spoken of in the, the when you get into the spiritual realm with all the psychics and everything. You know, they're all, they're talking about crowns of mm -hmm. rubies. You know, it's all about you know, these this uh, treasure. You know, mm -hmm. that's waiting for you mm -hmm. because of all your spiritual growth. So, the voice that night had me in my room and just like did a life overview with me of my whole entire life and just all these pitfalls I had, but how I struggled and how I came out on top and, you know, just uplifting, you know, just kept uplifting and uplifting the ego. And the voice said, at 3 o'clock, I want you to look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, I want you to count down from 10. And when you get to zero, you're going to see your golden halo appear in the mirror over your head. Mm -hmm. So I'm all excited, waiting for so 3 o'clock. So now, hold on a second. Is this like a voice that you, like, you can hear it in your he ear? Is it just in your head? Is it audible? It's just in my head. It, Got it. It's, yeah, it sounds like my own voice, but... You knew it wasn't you. Right. It's yeah. like somebody's talking to me. Mm -hmm. And and so at 3 o'clock comes, I stand in front of the mirror, all excited, and I start counting down from 10 all the way to zero. And when I got to zero, I could hear, like, a crackling noise, like an electrical crackling, almost like a sparkler, the crackling a sparkler makes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, here it comes. You know, I'm going to see my halo, and it didn't appear. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, where's my halo? Why didn't I receive my halo? And as soon as I said that, as I'm looking in the mirror, now all this time that I'm practicing in this occult realm, I could never, I never had visions. Like, I didn't actually see um, spirits or, or demons or anything. I could feel well, what I thought was energy. So that was the only thing that I could sense or have a feeling of was a sense of energy around me. Mm. So when I looked in the mirror and, you know, and I said, well, you know, why didn't I receive my halo? All of a sudden I saw this dark cloak looking, and I, I describe it as like the cloak of the Grim Reaper. Mm. It was just complete darkness overshadowed, just appeared over my reflection in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And the voice that had always been loving and uplifting now turned sinister and mocking and said, the reason why you did not receive your halo is because you are not good enough. And it makes me emotional to see No, that's all right. That's all right. So I turned away from the mirror. And in that instant, I knew... My eyes had been opened, what I had been doing. And I thought it was too late. I thought I belonged to the devil and I was going to hell. And I just started screaming. I was looking up towards heaven and screaming to God and going, no, no, I love God. I love God. And as I'm screaming that, and I'm screaming this out loud, but in my ears, my voice sounded demonic. Oh. 
And so that even confirmed it more for me. Oh, my gosh, I'm of the devil now, and I'm going to hell. Hmm. And I just ran out of my room screaming. My, now my kids were in the house, but they were sleeping. You know, this is in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And they woke up, and I'm telling them what happened. And now I'm thinking I'm possessed by the devil. And I'm telling them, I'm telling my daughter, call a priest, because I know that priests, you know, do exorcisms. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling her, call a priest. I'm possessed by the devil. Call, you know, I had her call the whole family. So, you know, like four in the morning, my entire family, my parents, my brothers, my uh, sister-in-laws, my kid, my other son, and Billy, my husband, even came, um, and they didn't really know what to do for me. So they called the police, and they had a, one of the sheriff's deputies come out, and uh, I had lost complete sense of rationality. You know, I'm thinking I'm possessed by the devil, mm-hmm. and um, they had me Baker acted. What now? What is that? So. I was taken to the mental unit of our local hospital, mm-hmm. and this was a court-ordered mandatory being Baker acted. So I was man- mandatory in the hospital for three days, and I couldn't leave. And you're locked in, so you can't get beyond the common area unless you're escorted by somebody. Mm. So to me, it was like being in prison, and um, my biggest fear you know, was always being alone. And, of course, being alone was the worst time with the voice. I mean, it was just horrible. Um, so I was just completely and utterly alone. I called my mom, begging her to come get me out of there. And she, you know, was just like, no, I can't. They won't let me get you, they won't let me get you out, which they wouldn't. I was in there. You know, I had to stay in for three days. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I was being, you know, just tossed to the side. I was... Mm just being forgotten about and nobody cared about me and nobody loved me and and here I'm stuck in this place all alone and so I had no one to turn to for help I couldn't fix this on my own because that was something I always relied on I was the fixer I was the controller of everything and um, I was just being tormented by the voice while I was in there and that's where I turned you know really turned to God and just kept begging God just help me help me help me and just repeated the Lord's Prayer over and over. And uh, one of the women there that worked in the hospital had told me, you know, if you hear the voice, come to me and I can, I can help you. I can give you something that will help you. And, you know, the, the voice just kept telling me, and the voice liked to keep me isolated. And now, this is the same voice that you were hearing earlier. Yeah, but okay. now this is like an evil. Now it had turned from up being uplifting to me to being very negative and critical and just telling me what a horrible person I am. And mm-hmm. if I do anything against what the voice says, I was going to die. Wow. Or other people were going to die. Mm-hmm. So it was very controlling. And so after, uh, it was like the second day maybe I was in there. Um, the voice was just, uh, it's just so consuming. Like, I couldn't get, you know, there was no getting, I couldn't even focus on anything because the voice was just always there. And I, you know, I, I stood up from my bed and I, the door, my door to my room was shut and I'm standing at the door, facing the door. And I'm like, she told me she could help me. She told me if I heard the voice that she could help me. 
Hmm. And the voice is screaming at me and saying, don't you dare go out that door. You go out that door and you're going to die. And so now I'm fighting with this voice in my head. And I'm like, no, no. She told me, she promised me that she could help me. And I finally, I opened up the door and stepped out into the the common area. And I walked up to the desk and she came to the window and I said very quietly, you know, I just said, you you told me that if I heard the voice again that you could help me. Mm-hmm. And she said, what's the voice telling you? And I said, it's telling me I'm going to hell. Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me for a second and she says okay she goes let me go get you something so i'm assuming it was just like something to help me sleep yeah and so she gave me the pill but that was the turning point Hmm. because ever since that moment my head started to clear Hmm. and i i firmly believe it was an act of god because i had all these tests done i had cat scans done mris done because they wanted to make sure i I didn't have brain tumors and that there, were, there was some kind of medical condition right. making me think and this way. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said there's, there's no medical reason, you know, mm. that what I had was a psychotic break. And, um, and they said, you know, a lot of times you don't come out of it. And so they were very surprised that, you know, around the third day that my mind started to clear. Mm-hmm. But of course, I give all the glory to God, right. you know, that, that it was he, he who saved me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came out of it. And from that moment on, I was like, I don't want anything to do <laughs> with this realm. Mm-hmm. Came home, threw everything away, anything that had to do with crystals. I was, I was doing the pendulum. You know, I was just completely involved. Threw all the books away and turned my back on it and... So what is your family thinking at this point? Like, because now you've just made this huge 180. You had just thrown your husband out of the house a few days earlier. Now he's back. And, you know, your your kids had witnessed you screaming. And, and now you're different. Like, what's going on right. in their minds? Right. I remember, because I was in there for my daughter's birthday, and they had all called me because I could receive phone calls while I was in the hospital. Oh, her birthday my- was while you were gone? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And my son got on the phone, you know, they all got off and they were talking to me and my son. He said, he said, you sound like yourself again. Wow. So by coming out, you know, my husband he he had left the house, so he had to come back, you know, to, to be with the children while I was in the hospital. And um, and so he's the one who came and picked me up from the hospital. And uh, he told me that he was going to stay to help me get better. He says, I'll stay as long as I need to to help you get better. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, of course, God had a plan there. And... Um, but initially, uh, because I started, you know, as soon as I came out, I wanted to know about Jesus. Well, I was I was enrolled into a therapy mm-hmm. with a Christian with a Christian um, counselor, and then also started meeting with a friend of mine. But um, 
they initially thought I was going overboard again. Like, oh my gosh, mm. you went nuts. You went with one way, and now you're going the other direction. Got it. Right. Yeah. Right. To the extreme. So at first, you know, they were all uh, very leery of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, over time, they saw that it was something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it t- it took some time. And your husband was not cheating on you. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy, like, that voice knew. I mean, it just yeah. knew how to kind of set you over the edge. So now you're you're seeking Jesus. Uh, d- d- as you're reading the Bible, you're going to church, are you realizing that some of this stuff was actually biblical but needed to be directed towards Jesus and not towards the spiritual realm? Like, cause, Because dreams are, are biblical. They're from the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. prophecy is from the Lord. Were you kind of starting to see that? Yes, as I started to read the Bible. Well, first of all, I was scared to even open it. Yeah. It, it just looked like this foreign object, mm-hmm. you know, a book of foreign language. I didn't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah. So, but as I did, you know, start to read it, and I had a study Bible, so I was able to read the word and then read the explanation of the word. So that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And so as I started to read, and came across the scriptures about the occult. Oh my gosh! I talk about your eyes being open to your sin. I mean, mm. I, I was just trembling. Uh, you know, like my eyes were open to my sin, and I was just—I just fell to the floor, you know, and and begged for forgiveness. And um, but I saw so much in the Bible that is used in the spiritual world, but it's twisted. Mm. And it's taking the truth of God and twisting it mm-hmm. and becoming very man-centered and very, you are God. Yeah. Um, you know, you're here to save the earth. You're here to help people evolve. You know, you're, help, you're here to help people they're, they're, to grow for their souls to heal. Well, who, who, is, who does that? That's Jesus. Right. So all right. you know, we're all claiming to be God, mm-hmm. and I clearly saw that in the Bible, and then that opened my eyes to how many people are seeking the spiritual realm and not realizing, you know, because if they don't study the Bible, they don't see what they're doing. They don't see that it's being the Word of God twisted. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned to me a while back that. There are Christians that are seeking out the spiritual route. Well, not just Christians, but just people in general, because they're looking for a sense of purpose. And then when you said that you were hearing these voices that were telling you how amazing you are and how encouraging uh, or just they were just affirming you. Do you think that's one of the reasons why people kind of lean towards the occult because they're looking for that affirmation somehow? Yeah, it's a lot of people who. You know, you're looking for like-minded people. Hmm. You know, if you're not if you're not getting that in your family and friends, you're searching for people who think like you. And then hearing when you start learning about the spiritual realm and how they've created it to be, well, it just sounds wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you know, no judgment. We judge ourselves and it's all about spiritual growth and and so it's a lot of people searching for direction, they're looking for answers and you know, this is that's a lot easier way than 
sitting down and taking years or whatever to read and study the Bible and learn God's word. Well, and with the Bible, there there is that, yes, God loves you and he, he died for you. I mean, that's the ultimate love right there. But then there's also conviction. Yes, God loves you when you come to him, but he desires for you to change. And in that occult realm, it just seems as, oh, no, you're just perfect kind of the way you are. And then keep right. going from there. So mm-hmm. that that's the huge seems to be the huge difference. Right. And the and they all believe in the past lives that you live more than once. Mm. They don't so if you don't have you know, and the Bible clearly says we have one life, we live once. Um, but in the spiritual realm you're continually evolving. Mm. So it's you know, there's no judgment. So there's no hell. Mm. So you know, what's really the point if hell doesn't really exist and you know, there's nothing to fear mm-hmm. because you're, there's no hell to go to because it's all just about continual spiritual involvement. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, something that really draws people in. So what are you and your family doing? How long ago was that, that you were in the hospital? That was uh, 2014. Okay. So it's been, it's been oh, quite a few years, seven, eight years. Where are you and your family at now? So my husband is now a Christian. Um, when I first came out of the hospital, he, he was not. He agreed to go to church with me when I asked him, or, you know, when I, I didn't ask him to go with me, I just told him that I was going to go. Mm. And I said, you're welcome to come with me, but if you don't want to, you know, you can go fishing, you can do, do whatever you want. Because I didn't want to, because years before, I, I was the one that drugged the whole family to church. They all went kicking and screaming, so it was never in their hearts that they wanted to be there. So this time I was like, you know, if you want to go, you can. If you don't, I'm fine with that, but I'm going. And he said, no, I'll I'll go with you. I want to support you. I'll go. Mm -hmm. So he went with me every every Sunday for two years, and it was after two years he ended up coming to Christ. That's awesome. Yeah, so... Um, all my kids are out of the house now. They're, uh, two of them are married. One just moved out on her own. And uh, we're just continually growing in our faith. He mm-hmm. does Bible study every week. And um, it's just really good. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good right now. And then you, so you're, you just released Heaven's Joy, The Seeking and Saving of a Runaway Psychic. Now, is this kind of like a memoir of what you went through, kind of your testimony? Yes. It's actually a little different than what you would normally see out there because mm-hmm. it's not just a full memoir. It, I split it up into two parts. Part one, strictly my story from beginning to end, my whole two-year uh, time in the psychic realm. It's very detailed. I'm, I'm a transparent person, so mm-hmm. I'm very honest. You're going to see what is going on in my head mm. and my thoughts and how I feel about things. And so that's all of part one, just telling my whole story. Uh, part two, you're going to see the complete change in the tra- trajectory of my life where I come out of the hospital mm-hmm. and these chapters in part two are more using biblical stories and showing examples that happened in my life after I came out of the hospital that tie into these stories and which also shows how relevant the Bible is for today. Okay. And 
so that's all of part two. And then I also have a final chapter in the appendix where I address many of the spiritual myths circulating around the world today. Oh, I think that's good because that's something that we need. Because uh, like you said earlier, there are a lot of Christians that are kind of dabbling in that, not fully understanding that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly. so if you can go into those myths, that's awesome. So where can I find your book? Uh, it can be pre-ordered uh, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, the release is July 12th. So before July 12th, it can be pre-ordered or uh, purchased on my website, which is www.susanmcceldry.com. Mm-hmm. And is it available on Amazon as well? Um, it will be. It's not right now, mm-hmm. uh, but it will be. And so how are you taking your past? Obviously, with with your book, so you're educating people through your book, but how are you taking your past and you are creating purpose out of it? Yeah, when I first came to Christ and started learning the foundation, foundation of Jesus and who he was, I was so filled with remorse and guilt and shame for the 47 years I lived without him. And I look at it and I consider it a time where I just ignored the existence of God and just lived for myself. So I had a really hard time in the beginning because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just wasted, you know, 47 years of my life living for myself instead of living for God. But as I became more firm in my the foundation of the Bible, I, I then realized well, God doesn't waste a minute, you know, that I lived those 47 years for a purpose of the good of his plan. Mm. So that changed my whole outlook that I know that even though I had turned away from God from those years, none of it was wasted. Mm-hmm. And so now I live to share this with people to help them see what I could not see. Mm. And I pray that God opens their eyes. That's awesome. Well, Susan, I thank you so much for just sharing your testimony with us today, especially those that maybe have grown up in the church. They they don't know that there is a group of people that are so heavily involved in the spiritual realm. And then there are people that that would say, well, there's there's no hope for me. I'm too deep in. And you're saying, no, absolutely not, because I thought the same thing. And God rescued me from that. And you're able to take the pain of your past and you're able to bring about purpose. So I highly encourage you to head on over and grab Heaven's joy the seeking and saving of a runaway psychic you can follow susan also on instagram as well as facebook susan is there anything else that you would like to share before we depart just that if you are involved in dabbling in the occult god's forgiveness is there Mm -hmm. i had a, a hard time knowing that god would forgive me because i was looking at forgiveness through the eyes of a human you know that we we yeah give forgiveness to those who we think deserve it. Right. right. So, of course, I'm thinking I don't deserve God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I, this, it was like the second time I was in church and the pastor was speaking and he had no idea what I was struggling with because I was actually trembling every time I went into church, physically trembling. Mm-hmm. And with a loud voice, he just bellowed out, do you actually think your sin is too big for God to forgive? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I had tears, and I was just filled with complete peace, Mm -hmm. and finally knew that I was forgiven. Mm -hmm. So that's 
what I want others to know, that, yes, God will forgive you if you come to him, seeking forgiveness with a repentant heart. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? I just thought of something else really quick. Okay, um, so one last thing, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) So earlier you had mentioned, okay, you started receiving dreams, all of this stuff. Do you receive any dreams from the Lord or any prophetic um, words now? No. No. Okay. Absolutely so not. So pretty and much that was that was all more demonic than it was from the Lord and you twisted it. Well, when Am I, I right? came out, it, well when I came out of the psychic world, I could still feel the presence of energy a little bit mm. here and there. And one time when I felt it, I just prayed to God and I said, "God, if this is not from you, mm. please take it from me. I do not want it." Mhm. Good. And it was gone. That's good. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Susan. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your story and just being vulnerable. It's not easy to get <laughs> to talk yeah. to to people on a podcast and really uh, share your heart. And you know what? I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And I also know that it is not easy to put your heart on paper. And that's what you did with this book. So thank you for not just sharing with us today, but sharing with us through your book. Again, Heaven's Joy, The Seeking and Saving of a Runaway Psychic. I will make sure that I put the website in the show notes so you can go ahead and grab your copy today. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique On A Purpose podcast. And thank you to Susan for sharing that you are never too far gone to come back to Christ. Please check out Susan's detailed and vulnerable book, Heaven's Joy, in the show notes. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved, and because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next week.